in the game of basketball, stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish and Alex Clancy. Hello, hello. It's Matt Fish. No Alex Clancy today. He's not in studio and could not make it, so I'm going to fly this ship, if you will. Myself, uh, welcome to Rebound Radio, where you heard in the promo that we promote and share stories of former professional athletes. We learn about their journey. Uh, A few years ago, I started Rebound Magazine for the NBRPA, and that's the National Basketball Retired Players Association, so the NBA Alumni Association, and a quarterly luxury magazine that does just that. It promotes the NBRPA, the members therein, all the different services and programs that are there available. And, uh, you know, I've been involved a long time with the NBRPA. I'm a 12-year member uh, and president of the Phoenix chapter. Now, there's 11 chapters across the United States, and they're all nonprofits, doing a variety of good things in the communities. Uh, also, am owner of Rebound Magazine, have been now for working on six years, which moved into Why Not Radio and TV. And you can go on voiceamerica.com and voiceamerica.tv and find the big Rebound logo, click on there, and you can see and hear all these different interviews that have been given over the uh, past, oh, we've been doing this now for about eight months, at least the TV and uh, radio side of things. Got a lot of great content from the Legends World Sports Conference, as well as the All-Star Game up in Toronto. And beyond that, you know, we've been out in the community making a difference you know, here in Phoenix. Uh, proud to say about a month ago, we gave away a house in partnership with G- Next Gen. And that was a great thing that we did here. We felt really honored to be able to step out and do that. Um, I could go into it more, uh, but what I'd like to talk a little bit about is today I received an email, and I received an email from the Legends of Basketball. So the NBRPA itself is reaching out for a -a once-in-a-lifetime Mardi Gras opportunity, and I thought it'd be fun to share it with you. So members, as you know, the 2017 All-Star Weekend will be held in New Orleans, February 17th through the 19th, and all us members will come down there to the Mardi Gras time, which is actually, while we're down there, the very first weekend of Mardi Gras happens. And so right now, they're trying to work out where the former NBA and WNBA and ABA and Harlem Globetrotter players are going to get on a Mardi Gras float and go along the route of the um, parade and actually be a major part of this thing. So I'm hoping this thing comes to fruition. I got really excited when I saw the email today, and uh, I've never been to Mardi Gras, uh, nor on a Mardi Gras ride. So uh, I am told it is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And what you do is you ride down historic St. Charles Avenue and then into the downtown New Orleans area, and then uh, the last, you know, the, the ride is kind of, it's a three or four hour ordeal, but what, you know, what fun. And uh, you, you go around and there's Mardi Gras costumes, as you can imagine. You have a bunch of throw out like beads and so forth. And there's a pre-party and a post-party a party. I'm sure that those will go over really well. So that, that's interesting. Uh, I certainly uh, would like to see how that thing's going to pan out. But it certainly is something cool that's coming to our lap. One other thing that I have uh, signed up for that I'd like to be involved with is a new Haiti Goodwill mission that's going to happen December 15th through the 17th. And um, members will participate in a Goodwill mission tour, which is 
doing great things. You, you go to the capital city of Port-au-Prince. Uh, there's medical f- facilities that you're helping with. There's an orphanage that we're going to uh, be involved with, as well as uh, some community-based schooling. And also, we are building a facility, a basketball facility out there. So a new basketball court in Lamar Dell, L-A-M-A-R-D-E-L-L-E. So I'm assuming it's Lamar Dell. But anyway, we're going to build a new basketball court there too. Uh, So those are a couple things that I'm excited to share with you today. But uh, let's get down to why Rebound exists, the nitty gritty. Today, I'm happy to uh, share with you a guest that we have. Uh, His name is Pat Burke, and for those of you who don't know about Pat Burke and not familiar with him, he's a former NBA player and 6'11", left-handed, very athletic center, runs the floor well, shoots the ball straight, is a very good passer. Uh, uh, Pat, he, he's somebody who, who I, being out here in Phoenix, he was with the Phoenix Suns, so I got a chance to see him you know, play some ball out here. But beyond that, most recently, he's joined the NBRPA, and we connected up in uh, Vegas at the Legends World Sports Conference, and Pat was sharing with me some of the wonderful things he's doing. So, you know, I've kind of asked Pat, hey, Pat, why don't you jump on the show, share your story, you know, we'll talk about what you've done throughout your little journey, and I know it's a journey, we all take that journey. Uh, what you've done since then and what you're up to now. Hey, Pat, welcome to Rebound Radio. And, you know, I'm excited to be able to share your story. I know yours is an interesting journey. So we might as well back her on up and start start at the beginning. Um, now, you were not born in this country. Wh- where were you born? I was uh, I was born in Dublin, Ireland. I was, uh, yeah, I'm the youngest of six. And my family, wow. we moved to America when I was four years old. Four. And then you came to America at only four and obviously did not have that accent. Yeah, uh, I, I did not. Now, my o- older siblings, the oldest three, they did uh-huh. have an accent, they had an Irish accent. And uh, we first, uh, we, we first um, uh, were living in Cleveland, Ohio, is okay. where you know, most of my childhood was. So how are things in, in Cleveland? Uh, I know that it's a new introduction to the United States of America, but beyond that, a whole other culture. What, um, you know, you had, I didn't realize you had six siblings. Uh, how were they in, in the transition from one country to America? Well, they, they have shared with me, uh, you know, later on in life, the transition that they had, because, of course, they came in, uh, you know, at, Ten and nine and eight years old, and they remember it. I, I don't remember ever leaving Ireland. Mm. I, you know, of course, just Cleveland was always the place that I knew. And uh, going through as uh, you know, first generation Irish and coming over, it was uh, it was it, it was interesting. But you know, for me, I didn't know anything different mm-hmm. because you know I grew up going to Irish dances and being in Irish cultural centers and around all my aunts and uncles. Um, so I just thought that was the way that everybody was growing up, um, you know, and, uh, you know, going into, of course, with sports, I mean, that was just a, an interesting thing in itself with my mom and dad, I mean, pretty much knowing nothing about American sports. <laughs> I was wondering about that. I, I was going to lean on you on my, who was your mentor in growing up? And I know when we talk about sports, usually you're like, oh, my dad, or somebody showed me the way. But if they don't know sports or the culture of American sports, uh, who did you draw from? I mean, did you just draw character traits from your family? Or, or how was it that you made? Because not everyone gets the opportunity to get as far as, as you and I did to get to the NBA. So, 
well, I always like to harken back to the a young age. You know, who really steered you in that direction? Who who taught you the right and wrong? The difference of that's, that's funny. I don't know if I ever really learned the right or the wrong from <laughs> one specific source. I mean, the, the first sport that I ever played was uh, was ice hockey. Oh. Um, I remember my dad's sister, of course my aunt, she came over and she shared with us that uh, my cousin, who was about my age, he was going out for ice hockey and she you know, asked my parents, you know, would, would Patrick like to be a part of it? And, uh, you know, they kind of looked at each other and kind of shrugged their shoulders <laughs> like, I, we guess so. And next thing you know, I'm pretty much in half half the equipment with a helmet on and, and, and now playing ice hockey. And I, I played that for eight years. Wow. Wow. So you learned how to skate, obviously, right away. Or you learned the hard way, maybe. I don't know. Was that second nature, too? No. No. I mean, it was yeah. completely, you know, falling down, you know, figuring it out. And uh, it was interesting because instead of having, you know, uh, a father who was always looking to to tell me what to do from the sideline or something. My dad kind of just, you know, kind of left it to the coaches that their experience was going to provide me an understanding, and it did. I, I had some, you know, some good ice hockey coaches early on who, you know, they, they started to see my strengths and some of my weaknesses, and they, they would, you know, talk to me about where I could fit on the team. And, you know, before I knew it, you know, I was playing in positions and, and, and just having fun, and I just remember falling in love with the sport, and hmm. there probably wasn't a season that went by summer, winter, spring, fall. I just kept going in and kept going in. I just loved it until, you know, of course, like you, you and I, we share this uh, this height thing. So it was uh, <laughs> it was one summer in particular that just it changed everything. Well, you know, I my thought first is is that uh, footwork. I mean, you, you've always, you've always had such good footwork in basketball. I imagine quite a bit of that was learned on skates. You know, I mean, being able to put one foot over the other and I'm back, going backwards on the ice and all the things that are in town. There you go. You got to have good footwork. You can't be tripping over your own feet. So that's why, you, you know. It probably, could have been, it probably could have been some of the Irish dancing, too. Oh, well, there you go. See? And <laughs> there you go. I married an Irish woman, so I know about a little bit about that. <laughs> um, that's great, though. I mean, so right there, you're telling me, you know, you put in your eight years knowing that, you, you know, there wasn't a time you went by where you didn't go in and put your time in. And there it sounds yeah. to me, you know, you learned the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. So then exactly. uh, that inevitable happened. Um, you grew. And uh, yep. maybe someday there will be 6'11 on the hockey, you know, maybe. But uh, in your case, I believe, didn't you maybe outgrow the gear? Yeah, I um, I remember it was my my eighth grade year, and I was always you know early on in kindergarten I was one of the taller kids, and then you know about second and third grade I just kind of leveled out with the rest of the kids, and uh, at eighth grade um, that was one of my last years playing hockey. I mean I hadn't I hadn't had a huge growth spurt, but I just remember you know up north you would go through these equipment swaps. And, you know, it was a way in which, you know, parents would, you know, come together in the community and, of course, ice hockey players. And you'd go to somebody's garage and you'd lay down shin guards. And if you outgrew one pair, you could pick up the next biggest set. And then, right. you know, you'd swap out stuff. Well, everything I was going to, I was putting down. My stuff was always at the end of the table. So there was nothing <laughs> left to pick up. And I just remember hearing my mom's sweet Irish voice going, Pash, we need to find something else. <laughs> 
just simply outgrew it, and you were you were the end of the line. It sounds like that was it. <laughs> well, we're talking with Pat Burke, former NBA player of the Orlando Magic and the Phoenix Sun, and and beyond. I know you won some champions overseas, and we'll get that to it in a bit. Did did you play any other sports growing up? I thought maybe you touched base on football, didn't you? I did uh, that year. Uh, you know, at the end of that eighth grade year. I, I moved from one town to the other. It was it was probably you know uh, twenty five miles down. It was it, it was always in, it was in the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. And uh, when I when I moved to this next area, I didn't know any of the kids, and my mom knew that you know I, you know I, I need to get Pat out and, and and meet some new friends. So she you know she signed me up for American football, and that whole okay. summer. You know, I'd been sitting at home the whole time. I didn't know anybody, so I didn't go out. Mm-hmm. And when I when I signed up for football, I remember I, I got my equipment, and I was uh, the day I got there, I got my equipment. I was two weeks late, and all the other all the other guys were you know they were doing two day practices, and I was I was coming up to one of their second uh, practices, and they were sitting in a huddle in some grass, and they were just sitting there talking. And as I walked down this parking lot towards them, one of the guys. Who was uh, who was in the huddle? He just yells out. He was like, "Whoa! Look! Look how big this guy is!" <laughs> and I remember I kept I'm looking over my left shoulder and my right shoulder. I'm looking Ooh. back. And I'm thinking, "Is there somebody else going out for the team?" <laughs> and uh, they 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 noticed I was doing it. Say, "No, no, you, you. How tall are you?" And I said, uh, I, "I'm I'm five <laughs> ten. And at the end of eighth grade, I was. I was five ten. Right. So that's what you knew. And one of the guys. One of the guys from that huddle. Man, he jumped up out of the huddle and he, he ran over to me and he got stood right next to me. It was real awkward because I didn't even know him, uh-huh. but he was looking up at me and uh, he said, "You can't be five ten because I'm six two and I'm looking well, no. up at you." Uh, <laughs> so, so how tall had you grown? So, so, so get this. So, I'm sitting there that whole practice. I'm like, I got to get home and find out how tall I am. <laughs> You know, I'm looking at my hands, looking at my feet. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, has something happened here? You know, because I didn't notice anything during the summer. Right. So after practice was done, I run home, and I get into my kitchen, and I grab a, I grab a box of cereal, and I put it up against the wall, and I slide <laughs> it down, and I measure this mark, and next thing I take the tape measure out, I was 6'5". Oh, jeez. That's... I grew seven inches. In the I, I went into the kitchen... My mom was sitting there, and she was in the kitchen baking some Irish scones or something. And I walked up, and I said, Mom, I'm 6'5". And she turned around and looked at me. She said, Oh, Jesus, would you look at you? <laughs> That's, uh, so, I mean, surely the clothes I mean, that you were wearing was just no longer fitting or like somehow. Well, there it, was, was... All, it was all summer. See, that's the thing, uh... man. I was wearing bathing suits and shorts all summer. <laughs> right. So I never went around. I never, I never had, I didn't have any pants and I didn't have any things on. So there was nothing really measuring. And I wasn't going by doorway saying, I think my head's getting closer to the top of the doorway. <laughs> right. So it was, it was amazing. It just all kind of just came at once. As, you know, as soon as I was you know, put out into to a new group who didn't know me, that's when the reality hit. Do you remember any pain? <laughs> Seven oh, inches in yeah. a summer. There was got yeah, had to been. Yeah, when I was in when I was in eighth grade, I can remember the the, the growing pains in my knees and my mm. shins. I mean, I, I remember a couple of times getting off the school bus and just dropping off the the last step into the ground and just you know kind of collapsing like, oh, <laughs> what is that? Uh, you know, and yeah. I, I just feel these pains all the time. So, well, it's, it's not about me, but very similar between my eighth and ninth. And my brother was three years older than me. He went away to college, and then he came back at he was taller than me. Then he came back yeah. at Christmas, and I was taller than him. I'll tell you what, the beating stopped. 
<laughs> you know, because he's six, six one or so, and then you know he went away, and then I did the same darn thing, and my heels hurt, you know, and it was real quick, and mine was just before, so between the beginning of school and really when when so it was kind of summer all the way up to Christmas, and he'd gone off to school, he came back, and there I was seven inches taller. So wow. yeah, it's just uh, you know, and I didn't see it coming either, kind of like you, but uh, goodness gracious, you <laughs> seven inches in the summer is just that's mind-boggling to most people uh and, and even for me and i went through it myself so uh so football how'd football end up then uh, <laughs> uh football was you know one of those things where I, I think i've always even with the ice hockey as much as i would hate something or that, you know just if, they, if if i didn't get it i would stick with it and i, I was playing defensive end and, it, okay. and i don't even know if they had fifth string but i was sixth string <laughs> and so uh, Any time I would get an opportunity to go in, I just I, I didn't have the coordination, yeah. I and mean, I grew seven inches. My motor skills were were not there. I mean, I was bone on bone, and mm. it was just you know every time I came around that line, I had the best intentions of getting in there fast, but somehow I ended up with a helmet full of grass, and so I stayed the I stayed the course, finished the season. But when it was all said and done, I was, you know, I was pretty happy that it was all over. Yeah, and I went out my 10th grade, and the same thing was with me. I just was, you know, I wasn't fast off the line, and I was just uh, uncoordinated. Like you say, you're just trying to get used to your own body, and it's, it's tough, man. And I don't know if everyone uh, realizes that if you suddenly in a three or four months or five months grow that many inches, that you've got to even just coordinate your own life just walking around. Like you said, you've fall down just getting off the bus so uh yeah but i'm telling you at that time then when is it like uh well maybe i had to try basketball well that's uh, <laughs> you know what's funny is it took a it took a while to understand like what was going on and you i look back now and i say wow you don't ask for height but you don't even realize what's coming with it so when i started that freshman year I can, I can remember that just walking into the high school because I had been around those guys for the first you know, couple of days of football practice, and now I'm starting school. I had no understanding of what that was going to be like socially. So as soon as I start walking into the, to the hallway, I mean, girls are like, ah. And I'm like, well, what's the matter? And they're like, you're so tall. I mean, I, I was only 6'5", but I'm sitting there going, well, what's the matter? I'm not going to fall on you. And every time I was going around the hallway... There was an influence. There was this influence of, hey, have you ever tried for basketball? <laughs> and I kept telling them, no, no, I, I, I played eight years of hockey. I, I, don't, I don't know anything about basketball. Right. I don't know anything. And so I didn't do it the front my freshman year. And I came back my sophomore year. I had grown two more inches. So now I was six seven. Gee. And now when I came through the front door of the high school my sophomore year, where there was two girls screaming, now there was four girls screaming. <laughs> right. So it just, and now all the teachers kept telling me. Yeah. And eventually, my sophomore year, that was when I, I went out. Well, and I went out for uh, a band, and I played piano, and so I didn't really go out until my junior year. So we have somewhat similar stories. I'm left-handed, and you're left-handed. That's you know that we have some connections here, and I find yeah. that very interesting. But uh, it's funny how others here I am carrying the great big bass drum and the marching band, and they're like, "He's six eight, two thirty. What's he doing? Get a ball in his hand." And it was the same thing. And so sure enough, you know, I I end up going out my junior year. I didn't even play varsity my junior year. 
So I wasn't even good enough to make the team, I guess. But then my senior year, you know, I kind of came into my own and still grew three more inches in college. So you just, you know, you, you just never know. But yeah. thank goodness we did listen. You know, at least we're listening to those around us. But uh, I'm sure from that point on, the rest of your life, basketball has been a part of your life just because you are that tall. Whether you played it or not, it's just going to be someone's going to ask those questions. Yep. You know, as soon as you get, soon I had an uncle that was six five, and he was just telling me how everybody would ask him those questions, and I started towering over him, and I'm like, yeah, I knew from that point on that I was going to have that question being asked the rest of my life, and I still do, being six eleven. So, uh, you know, yeah, thank goodness I did play the game. I guess. I mean, you know, if I didn't, that makes for a little bit awkward conversation, but I can lead right into like you can. Yeah, I, I did have a chance to yeah. dabble in the sport a little. Do you remember your first dunk? Um. Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was that my sophomore year, I was uh, I was dunking. I, I couldn't dribble the ball at all, <laughs> and I remember I would just run about a hundred miles an hour, and I, I could barely get my fingers in. I would dunk it, and everybody would just be in awe. Oh, you wow. bet! You can dunk that was, it. That was awesome. <laughs> I think mine was pretty similar too, and yeah. it was just awkward. But you know, you just it started with the volleyball. And you're like, man, you know what? I can get this volleyball. I'm going to go ahead and try. And I think I was in the eighth grade, too. And you were at amazement. You know, they, others were just amazed that you could actually do that. And um, to me, it was a stretch dunk. And maybe they still stayed that way throughout my career. But uh, so when, when you got later and, and you, you knew basketball was going to be your sport and you said you went out your sophomore year? Sophomore year. Sophomore year. year okay. Uh, did you play varsity? Um, well, I, I tell you that there's a there was a big piece uh, of, of of my story started that year. I, I you know I, when I stepped out on the court, there was a lot going on in my life. Like I, you know, I was a kid who who couldn't get it right. I was a kid who you know had you know learning disabilities that I didn't even know. And so it's funny as I always go back to this moment where I'm looking to be you know gaining friends and, and gaining confidence, but, you know, in a new school this tall, just awkward as can be, I was in a situation where when, I remember when I first stepped out on the court, there was a lot of expectation. Mm. You know, everybody was sitting there just, oh, okay, we, oh, wow, look at this guy. We're going to be doing great things. Right. And uh, it was like as soon as I asked for the ball, like it hit me on the head, you know, and then I couldn't dribble it. <laughs> I couldn't shoot it. Yeah. And uh, it, it just created this, you know, drive for me to say I'm going I'm going to get this I'm going to get this and I'm going to achieve it and I'm going to I'm going to commit myself so I got into every practice early stayed late mm-hmm. was running but just wasn't picking it up and my that that year um you know I was living in Cleveland like I shared and before the um before the very first game he lined the coach lined all of us up in the locker room everybody on the JV team and uh he started telling everybody down the line um, you know, like from left all the way to right. And I was all the way down at the right side of it. He's going through everybody. He, you know, Mike, you're our point guard. You're going to control the tempo of the game. You're going to be our floor general. And he go to the next guy. He's like, you're going to be our three-point sniper. And you're going to, you're going to shoot nice. three-pointers that are going to light up the crowd. And you're going to shoot three-pointers that are going to silence crowds. And he kept going on down. And I'm just sitting there on the other end, man. And I'm like, man, this is amazing. <laughs> this is so say? cool. I don't do this in well, hockey. What's he going to say? And it's like I could hear my mind. I could hear like that, that, that guitar solo that starts up it's like and he's going all the way down when he gets to me I'm thinking what's he going to say about me thunder and he just stops 
and he has his hand out in front of me. And all the guys just in one moment just start laughing hysterically. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, did I miss something? And I didn't even know it, but I, I apparently I was the joke of the whole team. <laughs> I was the joke that everybody was sharing what was going on inside of the, this, this whole basketball, JV basketball team, and he was even getting back into the school. And he told me right then and there, he said, Pat, I never want to see you dribble the ball. Mm. And I remember to this moment, just he hit me with this, this moment of not looking good, not feeling good, and not feeling safe, all in one shot. And that was a, that was a moment in my life. I just, I mean, I still feel it to this day. Yeah. And I remember halfway through that season, sophomore year, my my parents had already planned that they were going to move. My dad, my dad was just decided with my mom they were going to move down to Florida. They were done with Cleveland winters, uh-huh. and they had already decided that. And uh, I got on a plane. <laughs> I left that team halfway through that basketball oh, season. Did you? And uh, I remember just, you know, as I was on that plane, I just remember that, that comforting noise of just boom, boom, you know, your seatbelt. Yep. And I thought to myself, that's it. I never have to visit basketball again. Oh, really? And so you were going to put was, it behind you? I was you. so done with it. Because uh. at that moment, everything that I knew about it was I did not want, ever want to play basketball again. Well, did anyone pull you under their wing and start, you know, trying to teach you? Because I have something that's similar, too. When I went through, we had a really, really good, uh, when I was a sophomore, they went 25-0. and 0. And we're in this town of 6,000. And we had guys that were six, you know, 10, 6, 8, and three or four or five of the guys got full-ride scholarships. And so we had this wonderful run, and I wasn't even on it. I was on the band. I was on the band. You know what I mean? So now here comes, oh, geez, you know, here comes now, you know, this next group where ah, they're just not going to be near as good as they were. And we weren't, don't get me wrong, but we went 20 and 5 my senior year. And it was just such a, he, he sat me down, and this was his advice to me. And I remember to this day, join the Army. Wow. And I was just, oh, you know, he just never took me under his wing. He never taught me. He never got behind me. He's like, you're 6'8", you're 240. Somebody will take a chance on you. You know, and it was like, geez, okay. So then I, you know, and I, I want to get into how you got recruited, but I went to a camp out of Northern Kentucky University. And, um, uh, you know, and this is from playing, you know, golf, playing piano. And, you know, I haven't played basketball at all. A buddy of mine who's playing up as a freshman talked me into going to Northern Kentucky University to a five-star blue-chip camp. And I guess I was okay. I was 6'8", 240. And I go home, and I got a few things in the mail, and one of them was from UNC Wilmington. Now, I ain't never heard of it, Wilmington out on the East Coast. So I, you know, filled out the information and sent it back. And lo and behold, 10 days later, they give me a phone call, and they're like, um, <clears throat> We're offering you a full ride scholarship. I'm like, in what? <laughs> and they're like, basketball. So between my junior and senior year, I flew out to Wilmington, and I'm from Iowa, so there's nothing but oceans of corn, and they put me on an ocean. So I thought it was an ome, and my birthday was during the early signing uh, date. So I signed it uh, before I ever started a varsity game in high school. I signed a Division I scholarship. Wow. So I go home and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I better go out for basketball. <laughs> so I go out for basketball my senior year. And I was good. I mean, I was okay. I wasn't anything great. Of course, I had to become a better player. 
But I would just hold my hands up, and people would shoot the ball in my arms. And I'd turn around, and I'd get like nine or ten block shots in a game. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, wow, what? And I ended up setting a record for a single-season rebound. And, and we had a couple of identical twins on my team. We were all seniors. One got uh, scoring, one got assists, and I got rebounds. I don't know if they're still held. I think the rebound still is. But that being said, very similar to what you're sharing with me. Yeah. So I just almost felt like obligated to share with you that that is so familiar that no one took me under the ring. Okay, so you show up in Florida. Who grabs you? Somebody had to grab you and said, come, let's go play ball. Yeah, so I, uh, I get to uh, Cape Coral, Florida. Okay. And um, I remember it was this new start. And uh, so same, same story. I get to the high school door. I walk in, I'm 6'7". And uh, there's these two Floridian girls screaming, <laughs> "Look how big this guy is!" How big he is! And I'm sitting there, and I just, I, I just, you know, I'm young, I'm naive. I didn't even think about it. I'm like, "Oh my goodness! Like, I can't hide that I'm six seven. I'm big." So I started walking the hallway. That whole first day of school, I'm miserable. Everybody, I mean, I got guys come up to me, I don't even know, we're going to win the state championship. And I'm like under my breath going, Pressure. no, we're not, I'm terrible. Pressure. Yeah, <laughs> so by the end of the day, I'm coming out of my class, and uh, this, this man's voice is behind me, and he's like, uh, excuse me, Pat. And I turn around, and there's this, this older-looking gentleman. Look at me. He's like, hey, uh, I just heard you, uh, you just moved down here. I was wondering if I get to know you. We go down to the gym. And uh, shoot some hoops. And in my mind, I heard him say, hey, we're going down to play basketball. We got, I need you. And I mm. said, coach, uh, I'm not a basketball player. And he said, well, I, I didn't say uh, you yeah. know, the basketball team. I just want to get to know you and shoot some hoops. Yeah. So there was something already the way he was, he, was, he was sharing a welcome and an introduction. There was mm. no pressure. So I went down there. And uh, his name was Coach Marty Waters. And Coach Waters... He was just sitting there, and he's asking me some simple questions. He's like, hey, hey, have you ever, ever shot from over here? And he went over to the left elbow. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've shot over there before. He's like, I want you to take a couple shots. I'll rebound for you. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm looking at his shoes like, hey, you ready to go chase these things? You know, so I start shooting, and it's, these things are clanking, and they're <laughs> banking, and they're hitting rim, and they're dropping everywhere, left and right, and all kinds of things. And I get through ten of them. And he looks at me, and I'm thinking to myself, here it comes. You know, this is where he tells me, get out of the gym. (laughs) So he says to me, wow, you've got a really soft touch. Hmm. And I'm like, are you messing with me? And he's like, no, no, when you're releasing it, he's like, you're you're putting it off so soft with the trajectory. It's actually just, it's it's staying, even though you're missing the shots, they're staying right around the rim. It's really impressive. And so I was like, I mean, it was like he was speaking another language to me. He's like, hey, have you shot over here? And then, you know, he's pointing over to the right elbow. I'm like, yeah, I've shot over there before. He's like, why don't you take 10 shots over here? So then I start shooting over there. Same thing. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I make one of them. Mm-hmm. And he says to me, he says, hey, have you played before? And I said, uh, no, sir. I, you know, I played eight years of ice hockey. And I start telling my story. He's like, do you realize the potential of what you, what you could become? Mm. And I was like, well, I'm looking at him. Like, I have my head starts to shift, kind of like, the, you know, the way a canine hears a a funny noise and I'm like, like what is that you're speaking I know it's English but are you messing with me and he says you have no bad habits it's like you're shooting a ball for the first time and it's like I don't I'm, 
I don't think any coach would have to fight against what you're doing because you don't have any structured thing that has any you know concrete strength to it or like you're pushing. I'm sitting there. I'm starting to get what he's saying. I was like, oh, so then he just starts asking me a couple of questions. What do you want to do with your life? What do you want? You know, and this that, and the other. And he starts asking me such stuff. I'm like, well, you know, I've never heard anybody talk to anybody like this. And after a while, he uh, he got to the courage to you know to tell me. He's like, hey, you know, I got an idea. I understand you're new, and if I promised you that uh, I wouldn't push you or pressure you, I'm just going to ask you some questions, and uh, and I would have that great introduction for the team. You know, would you consider coming out to the team with us, being on the team? I said, yes. So I remember he introduced me in front of the guys, and, uh, you know, it was one of those moments where, I'm, you know, my last team that I was on had just humiliated me and laughed at me. So this team, he sets it up from right from the beginning, and he says, hey, guys, this is Pat. He just moved here. He's six seven, mm-hmm. and uh, the guys are all elbowing each other like, "Yes, this is awesome!" Finally, <laughs> and he's like, uh, "Well, he played eight years of ice hockey, <laughs> and I don't think much of the ice hockey is going to translate on uh, as far as skill set on here." I said, "But I know that he, he shared with me that he's he's got drive, and he's got commitment, and he's going to work hard. Mm-hmm. But the best thing is if we help him, he'll he'll help us." And what he did was he got those guys motivated, and he he did something that I'll never. I remember this all the time, is when you can set up an agreement that creates people to understand something from the very beginning. It's the best thing that you can do, and an introduction like that allows for no expectations. So they knew right away anything that I was going to do. They already had all agreed that I played eight years of ice hockey, so I could have taken a hook shot that I could have gone over the backboard. I could have, you know, taken a three-pointer that, right. you know, went out of bounds. But they, they said, okay, he's a hockey player. And it, after a while, they just kept picking me up and taking me under their wing, and they kept bringing me to places. Yeah. If they went to the beach to play, I went and played with them. And after a while, next thing you know, as you know, the, the news cameras start showing up. You know, you start dunking on people, and you start blocking shots. Yep. And, you know, I was fortunate enough I got to break a backboard in high school. Well, next thing you know, you're not the hockey kid. You're the basketball player who's the captain of the team because what you've wanted to become is actually come to to, to be, and it it happened because of this this coach, and he completely changed my life and set me off on a path. We're talking with Pat Burke, former NBA player, Orlando Magic, Phoenix Suns, and overseas as well. Pat, I tell you what, man, it, it takes that somebody, and it sounds like the coach set the whole team up to take you under their wing. And just like, let's help this guy because he's going to help us. And that's I, I just love that story. We're going to have to take a break. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the recruiting. Uh, and then we'll go into getting you know to that next level, playing pro ball. And then we'll talk about what you're up to after that. Uh, appreciate, Pat. Uh, hang on there. And we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're in the, I'm in the studio. Matt Fish, Alex Clancy could not join me today. He had some other things to do. We have Pat Burke, a former NBA player for the Orlando Magic and the Phoenix Suns, on the line. We just learned that, uh, you know, he finally kind of got taken in under the wing from his coach and his players when he moved down to uh, Cape Coral, Florida. Uh, Pat, I kind of wanted to move into, you know, times recruiting now is completely different from the times where, where I went through and I would assume what you went through. You got better at basketball. Um, when did all this attention and the recruiting start, and how was that whole chapter in your life? Um, that's a great question. I mean, yeah, it's definitely nothing like what I'm, what I'm hearing the experiences now. I, I, I was, uh, again, the, uh, yeah, I shared earlier, I'm the youngest of six. My dad was a landscaper. When we moved down, he bought a lawn cutting service. <laughs> I was pushing a lawnmower you know, every weekend and when I could after school, mm-hmm. you know, and then the, and in between that time, I was just you know getting shots in the driveway and making every open gym I could. And you know, when I got into my junior year, uh, later on in the year, you know, I, I you know I kept growing. So now by my junior year, I was six nine. And it's funny is what a child at that point, I, what I believed my future to be. Like I couldn't see a vision of anything else. I was just playing ball. Mm-hmm. I was becoming a little bit of a NBA fan. But I never thought to dream that big, and I right. never thought about college. I, I really just assumed, you know, every conversation at the dinner table was economic struggle, and, you know, you mm-hmm. better think of what you're going to be doing, and you better get your grades up. And so my, my coach, he, he was taking on the responsibility of getting me ready with my SATs, and he was, getting, taking, me on, he was taking on the responsibility of writing letters. And uh, when they started coming... I mean, I couldn't believe the letters that were coming in. I mean, there were, there were you know, a lot of smaller schools and mid-majors, and uh-huh. there was a couple of bigger schools, but still, I mean, they had my name on the, on the, on the letters. And I was sitting there going, what's going on? <laughs> and my coach would, would come up to me, and it was like every morning, he'd, hey, Pat, come on over here, let's check and see how tall you are. And he'd come out of his office, and I'd check, and, he'd go, and I didn't know what he was doing. I, I mean, I didn't understand, you know, the, the relevance of, you know, the size of somebody was and what that could mean for, uh-huh. you know, a college power forward or center. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, then the, the, the opportunity that, uh, you know, I got my SATs in and, and everything looked good. And next thing you know, 
it wasn't just letters that were coming in, it was phone calls. And I, I remember that, that that whole recruiting period was just all these coaches coming in. And I think that it, it took my parents by by uh, a little, they were a little off guard too, because it was like, wait, what's going on? Now they're first generation Irish, so they, they didn't even understand the sport really. Right. They became fans of it, you know, as I was playing more and more of it. And you know, of course, Ireland, Irish culture and sports are very fast and they love that. So they got into it really quick. Mm-hmm. But the idea of college was like, wait a minute, so someone's going to give my son a college scholarship to play basketball? So then he doesn't have to pay for anything. He <laughs> just has to play a sport? Yeah, so then it became uh, this whole other level. And then, you know, I, I, the, the, the front runners of, of, of the schools that were looking to... Yeah, what were, uh, what were your ones that kind of come down to? I, I know where you went. Stetson. But, okay. Oh, yeah, Stetson I know Stetson. Stetson University sure. here in uh, Central Florida. Yeah, I played against them, sure. Yeah, uh, Winthrop. Yeah, I know Winthrop, too. Uh, was sure. one of them. Uh, Loyola Marymount out okay. in California. Um, Auburn was one, mm-hmm. and uh, St. Joseph's. Okay, and that's out of Philadelphia, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. And uh, so I did. You know, I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know. You know, making a decision like this. I remember my my uh, youngest older sister out of the two sisters that I have. She sat down with me and was talking about you know the, making a pros and cons list. You know, the biggest pros and cons list I ever made was you know do I put my bed on the left side of the room or the right side of the room? You know, it was like you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna decide a college. And she was like, you know, what do you want to study? What do you want to be? And as I look back now, it's just so funny because it's a kid looking to say, you know, what do I want to be for the rest of my life? What do I want to you know what do I want to study? What are the benefits of you know being you know in one state or the other? So I went. I went on these these visits, of course, and uh, you know I, I started to to meet. Um, what I would share was just as important was meeting the influence of leadership, meeting these coaches that were sharing that they wanted to, you know, of course, partner with me and help me with my basketball and uh, and help me with my future. Right. And uh, you know, going on my American University. Oh, I'm sorry. It's one more. I had American University. Ah, so I had yeah. American University out of D.C. Right. Went, yeah. Yep. And I started going through these these. Uh, these uh, schools, and then by the by the time I got to Auburn, I just knew. What? You know, what, what how? About how, yeah, the, how? the coach Tommy Joe Eagles okay. was the was the coach at the time, and Tommy Joe was uh, a gentleman from Louisiana, and there was just something about him. I, I don't know how to explain it. He he he's passed. Uh, uh, he, he, he during my sophomore year. Um, he was released as the Auburn coach, and then he left. But uh, he 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 died that uh, that spring. Mm-hmm. But there was something about him that I just I, I, I wanted to be you know under his wing. Mm-hmm. He just you know he, the way he spoke, the way he that he picked you up, the way that he believed in me, and uh, I knew it right away. I mean, it, it was a beautiful campus, and mm-hmm. the excitement of being in the SEC conference was was great. You know, Auburn basketball was not, uh, you know, not widely known, right? But um, it still was a great platform to go to. Well, yeah, and to to go there, and, and did you spend four years there or five? I spent five. My my first uh, my first year, I redshirted. I came in, and I was probably about two hundred and ten pounds, <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget this. I, when I when I was going there, and I was signing my my uh, scholarship. I remember when I went to the program. They were telling me that the uh, the starting center was six four, 
Mm. And I, I was, oh man, I'm, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna yeah. get playing time as a freshman. And when I got there, I'll never forget it. My parents were dropping me off and I was setting up my room and they said, hey, a couple of the guys are down here. You get to meet some of the team. They're gonna be playing some pickup ball. And one of my best friends today, I was just gonna meet him for the first time all that, all those years ago, his name was Aaron Swinson. Okay. And Aaron Swinson was like the second coming of Charles Barkley. 6'4", could Why? jump out of the gym. Yeah. And I'm telling you, Matt, his butt lived on my shoulder oh. every practice he dunked <laughs> on me. Yeah. And there was nothing I could do. And that is and a I, tough, I, tough lesson, isn't it? <laughs> oh, and I just thought to myself, I have never in my life seen this much athleticism. Yeah. It actually excited me. I yeah. thought to myself, wow, if, if they can produce this guy... You know, I'm sitting here at 210. What am I going to be like when I get out of here? You know, so it was, uh, it was, you know, it was one of those things where it set me back, but it also was exciting because, you know, you're seeing something like that. Reality was hitting me right away. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? You are not going to be playing your first year. Yeah. I talked to Tommy Joe. Yeah. And they let me dress out and I went through the, the layup lines and warmed up with the team, but it was, you know, it was. It was understood that I was never going to step out on that court that freshman year. Well, that's a rude awakening, too. I mean, you go from high school to the next level, and it is just a huge difference. I mean, I remember that I didn't have a lot of bad habits either, so I'm lucky that I learned at a high level. But, man, I tell you, when when I was in high school and my buddies would be like, hey, post up this way, I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't want to post up that way. Well, at the next level, that was the only way to post up was to just, you know, back them down and bang into them. And you know how it is, how physical the next level is. and. So anyway, that that's great, man. So you, you put your four five years in, you put your five years in there and got your degree, right? That's right. Smart got my guy. degree in communication. Okay. As did I. I got my degree in communication. Um so uh, and here we are communicating. So obviously it's uh, yeah. did, <laughs> did something it for worked. us. <laughs> so uh you didn't get drafted out of Auburn, though. Um, I didn't. Did you yeah. feel you know, overseas was was going to be it? And that, so you started heading there. How did you end up finding yourself? Uh, and where was the first place you went to? I'm learning as I go along. Wasn't it uh, in Spain somewhere or Greece? Yeah, it was Spain. Spain? Okay, uh, Spain. You know, it, it, it was funny when I was coming out of college. Just to just to to give you a, a little a little uh, a bit on this, like I was going out, and I thought, you know, like. NBA, that's like the wildest dream. And uh, I was finishing up my college with it. My new coach was Cliff Ellis. And Cliff was telling me, hey, you, you got scouts coming. You know, you, hmm. if, you, you know, if you work hard, you have a chance. And uh, I remember my senior year, I wasn't having the greatest senior year ever, but uh, I, I had an opportunity to, you know, finish up. And uh, I went around and did the pre-draft camps and yeah. all that type of thing. Sure. And, my, my my agent had shared with me, hey, listen, Milwaukee likes you. Like They say if you're there at 39, they're going to pick you up. <laughs> and I thought, wow, this is amazing. 30, I'm, whoa, this is really cool. So I called my mom and dad, and they said, hey, guess what? My agent said this. And they said, why don't you come home and we'll watch it together? <laughs> so, <laughs> Matt, I, got home. I got home, and there was a circus tent in the backyard. Oh, my geez. high school team was there, my coach. Uh, and I said, what is going on? What's, the, what's, what's going on here? And they were telling me, oh, it's okay. It's a graduation party. I said, but you know there's a chance that I might not get drafted. <laughs> and they were like, it's okay. So, of course, pick number 30, come, 39 comes out. The, uh, the spokesman, it wasn't the commissioner at the time, because the second round, of course, the uh, another gentleman comes out, and he says, the, the 39th pick for the Milwaukee Bucks, they picked Gerald Honeycutt. 
Matt, I turned around. I think there was a couple solo cups still floating in the air. And everyone was gone. And then the cups just dropped. And I was like, whoa. And uh, I went out. I went out my front door. And I remember just kicking kicking dirt down the street. Yeah. My brother uh, came out. And he said, Pat, Pat, there's somebody from the Knicks on the phone. And I came back in the house and I spoke to uh, one of their one of their uh, um, front office people and they were sharing that they were they were looking to acquire uh, some sort of a trade and get me in and uh, they asked me to play in their summer league and uh, I went out and played in their summer league but at that time um, I had uh, I had a coach that was from um, Spain uh, the Spanish league who actually saw me play and that's mm-hmm. how I got my first opportunity uh, you know the Knicks came up to me with Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah. At the end of that whole summer league, Jeff Van Gundy came up to me and he sat next to me in the stretching and he said, "Pat, we're going to do something we've never offered an undrafted rookie. I'm going to give you an opportunity for a guaranteed contract." And I thought to myself, "This is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is it. I, I can sign right now. I can be an NBA player." And my agent, I went back to my hotel room, called my agent, told him what was going on. He said, "Yeah, they. I already know. They told me." He said, but I want to tell you something, Pat. Everybody who spoke to you has spoken about you says your best days ahead of you. Everybody knows that you started playing basketball at 16. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I want to share with you is if you go into that New York Knicks team, I'm telling you, you're never going to get on the court. Patrick Ewing is still healthy. Yeah. He's still going to play. And you're not going to be able to develop into what you can be. But I do have an opportunity for you. And I want to talk to you about Europe. And that's when uh, they, he started talking to me about this this gentleman, and uh, his name was Sergio Scarliolo, and he was coaching a team, uh, Tau Ceramica, in Spain. Okay. And uh, he was telling me how much more I was going to play and how much I was develop. And it just, it, to me, it sounded like common sense. Well, you did so it too. To and, to Spain. Yeah, and, and you went over there and had a great career. I mean, you had a, didn't you win championships? And you were, so go through a little bit about some of your run over there. We're starting to run out of time. We've only got a few minutes, and I want to have enough to talk about yeah. what you're doing out there in Orlando now. But run through some of the things that you did in Europe. Go through your career real quick. I mean, so I need to hear I, I about it. I got to Spain that mm-hmm. first year, yep. and uh, I, I was I was partnered up with a with a wonderful team. Um, you know, and, and I started to to how would I say redevelop my understanding of team. You know, European basketball was was much different mm-hmm. than the NBA uh, culture, and so uh, that first year worked for you know we were there. I think it was there nine and a half months the whole season from preseason all the way to the end went all the way to the finals and we lost in the, in the last game okay. of the finals and it crushed me getting that far hmm. and realizing you don't have moments like this to go back and that was a learning lesson so that next season I got to play uh, in Greece I right. signed a two year deal with Panathinaikos yes. and that first year in Panathinaikos we won the Greek championship won it all, yeah. and uh, yeah. I cried like a baby Oh, I bet. the first success that I had and in another year of just that was about a nine or ten month season, uh-huh. and then the next year, um, we won the championship again. Um, and in two thousand, uh, we won the European championship. Yeah, I knew that the Euro League. And then championship. the following year, we went all the way back to the European finals again, and we 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 lost in the last in the last final game. Uh, we won the Greek championship. I moved. Uh, 
into another team in Greece. I was there for four years. And then five years after that, after, I was, after college, for the five years in Europe, I came back and I, pl- I played for the Magic. Right. That's right. So then the Magic. Yeah. That's right. So you won, you won a championship in 99, 2000, 2001, including the EuroLeague championship, and then went back to, to play in Orlando, where you're at now, but played in Orlando. And you were there for that's one right. year? I was there one year, okay. and then uh, I, had a, I, had a, I had a conversation with Doc Rivers about mm-hmm. that year. And I'll, I'll never forget, it was in my living room. Doc, he, he shared that, you know, he, he liked the way I played, and he enjoyed, um, you know, everything that I was doing, and he, he wanted to partner with me again, but he wanted to find out what did I want to do. And I told him, I said, I, you know what, my best, I just think my best play, my best basketball is in Europe. Yeah. And I made a decision to go back, and I went and uh, I played two years in Spain. Spanish league, right? The second year we won the Spanish championship. In 05, you won a championship. You were runner-up, right. though, in 04, right, with the, the ULEB Cup? Yeah, the UL, yeah, we went all the way to, in a smaller European championship, we lost in Belgium against a, a team um, from Israel. And then um, after those two years, uh, Phoenix came in yeah. and they offered a, a two-year deal. So you, you did get a two-year deal. So you came out here for two years, and that's when I remember you most because I was obviously out here in the Valley, and uh, I enjoyed watching you, and uh, I, I thought you should have played more, but uh, uh, I got a kick out of uh, what you did while you were here, and I know you were a crowd favorite, man. They loved you out here, and they still do to this day. So, uh, uh, you know, like I said, it's an honor to have you on the on the show today. And then, then you went after Phoenix, and I, how was your experience here? Was it a good one? It was good. It okay. was really good. You know, again, I was um, I was in a moment where um, I was with, how would I say, a a good group of guys. I mean, I think that most of the guys were were around the same experience in life. You know, it was married men with children. Mm-hmm. Steve, Raja, Brian Grant, yeah. um, you know, uh, Sean Marks. So a lot of the guys, it was just it was just a really good feel. I mean, we went to dinner. You know, everything off the court was really good. Um, good. The the you know being in a, in a on a team that was was so popular was amazing. I mean, I think we were the darlings of the nation yeah. that, that those 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 seasons. So anywhere we went, I mean, it was just amazing. It was a circus to watch. Yeah. And they, when I was with Orlando, it was a circus just to be next to Tracy McGrady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but to be on the Phoenix Suns okay. at that time, I mean, it was a whole it was a whole other level. Well, I tell you, we're running out of time, so you got to talk about what you're doing now as quick as you can. Okay. And I hate that I had to do that, but <laughs> no I just worries. enjoy just sitting here chatting with you. Tell me what you're doing now. We got to get this in. Okay. Well, I when I finished playing, which was funny, is I, I got into working with kids, yeah. and uh, I had a an experience where. Uh, I enjoyed it so much, I shared with my wife that I, I want to open a, a facility. And when I started out with a facility and working with with uh, a number of kids in our community, I started just thinking about basketball. And I had a young man who came in, and and uh, he was just he'd share with us after a couple of uh, sessions that he broke down crying, and he and he was sharing with us he was contemplating suicide. And the funny thing was, is when that happened. I knew that we were going to be doing something that was going to be to change lives. And so I partnered with some people to, to come up with a curriculum and a program that uh, does leadership and life skills. And, and been, now our focus is on helping kids. And it's been going on for some time. Share some of the ways to get a hold of you because we are running out of time. I got my yeah. man in my ear. Go on. Uh, Hoops Life yep. on Facebook, or you can go to hoopspatburke.com. Okay. Um, and, my, and our number is 352-253-4667. Say that again. 
253-4667. Hoops Life, you're making a huge difference. It was great catching up to you, Pat. I can't even explain to you how much fun I've had this last hour. It absolutely flew by, and I want to talk about more of the difference you've made with Hoops Life. Congratulations on all of that and your future endeavors. You were sharing with me about the housing opportunities. Uh, wow, that is just great that, that people have gotten on board. They see your vision. They see your mission. They see you're making a difference in the community. Congratulations, Pat. And we're going to have to say goodbye from Rebound Radio. Thanks again, Pat, for being my, my buddy, my partner all day long, and congratulations on everything. Uh, Thank you very much. Yep. I really enjoyed it. You bet. All right, Rebound Radio, and we're out. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week.